I'm John Robson, and this is the Climate Discussion Nexus Readout, Episode 3. Every Wednesday at CDN, we put out a newsletter called The Wednesday Wake Up, discussing the big climate news of the past week, some relevant opinion, some developments in science. And then in these readout videos, I take one or two topics from the newsletter and give you some quick extra commentary. If you want more in-depth information, go to our website, that's climatediscussionnexus.com, subscribe to the Wednesday Wake Up, and also have a look at our videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, we've all heard that winters ain't what they used to be, and it turns out the numbers are in to prove it. You see, it um, now snows more than it used to, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. That's according to the Rutgers University Climate Lab. They keep records of Northern Hemisphere snow extent. They've done so from 1967 down to the present. And those records show that contrary to this, oh, it used to snow, but now it's too warm and it doesn't story, both fall and winter have actually been getting snowier for the past 40 years. Mind you, spring has been getting less snowy. But if I hadn't told you this, if we didn't show you the numbers in our newsletter, would the charts we've reproduced line up with your memories? Do you find yourself thinking it was snowier in the good old days? You know, there was more of the fluffy stuff in the fall. It was easier to climb a toboggan hill. Okay, maybe the last one is true for some of us. But surprisingly, the others just aren't. Climate is a very complicated thing, but memories of climate tend to be simple, even simplistic, and they're buried in a blizzard of alarmist propaganda when they're not tinted by nostalgia. If you're constantly told, oh, it's the hottest year ever, then you're naturally gonna think back and go, yeah, there was more snow in the good old days. The trouble is, it's just not true. Excuse me, folks, I'm just going to interrupt the video for a moment here to say how grateful I am for all the people who are signing up for the newsletter and who are watching the videos. We've been at it for about a year now, and it's so exciting to tell you, we are now at about a million total views. It's wonderful that so many people are finding it useful. And now I want to make the pitch, pass the hat, because we are crowdfunded. We depend on people like you. We don't have government grants, we don't have research chairs, and despite what a lot of people seem very certain of in the comments on our videos, we're not getting huge checks from Charles Koch. Okay? We need support from you. If you've been enjoying our videos, if you find our newsletter valuable, go to climatediscussionnexus.com and make a pledge, one time or monthly. And let me just emphasize here that every penny helps. Sometimes I think people feel like, well, I can't give enough to make a difference. There's no point. I can't give $500. What we need is a whole lot of people to give us $5 a month, $3 a month, $2 a month. That's what will let us continue to produce the videos and the newsletter. Again, I'm so pleased that so many people are watching the videos and finding them helpful, which probably means it's time to get back to the video. So, what are we to make of the fact that it's snowier now than back then? Is it getting colder? Is it getting wetter? Well, two things in my view. The first one is climate's complicated. That's one reason we always need to check the numbers before we accept alarmist claims at face value. 
As a matter of fact, it's a funny thing about accepting climate alarmism. You know, lots of people say they do, but then you look at their actions and it turns out they don't, you know, money does not go where mouth is. And another example from our newsletter, a lot of pro sports teams are now very woke on climate change. They're up on the bandwagon and they're blaring away. For instance, there's this CNBC story that quotes the Miami Dolphins CEO saying, oh yeah, you know, these hurricanes, there's lightning. The Florida never used to have those. But then the story goes on and quotes a Miami climate expert who warns fans, you know, your team isn't going to be here soon because sea levels are going to rise two feet in 20 years. And Florida's pretty low line. Now, you'd think if they believe this stuff, sports teams would be fleeing north to the high ground. Instead, they're flooding in, if I can put it that way. Teams are pumping millions of dollars into new and larger stadiums. In fact, celebrities, including David Beckham, are bringing professional soccer to Miami, building themselves a fancy new stadium. Look, with billions of dollars on the line, they checked the numbers, okay? They know the seas are not gonna rise two feet in 20 years. They don't believe any of the hype. So what about us? What should we believe? The activists say, believe the science. Okay, believe the science. But that includes accumulated evidence on things like how more CO2 makes crops grow better and that the climate is less sensitive to CO2 than we used to think. The amount of warming we're going to get if atmospheric CO2 doubles is lower than we used to believe. So one more item from the newsletter. A team of experts took one of those standard economic models that governments use to compute the damage CO2 emissions do and so how high the tax should be and they plugged in new numbers about the sensitivity of climate, temperature increases to CO2, and what it does to crops, and they discovered that the net economic harm of CO2 emissions is zero? Yeah, zero for the next 30 to 40 years. The same models that used to tell us the social cost of CO2 is between 30 and 40 US dollars a ton, and that's what the tax should be, say something very different once you add in recent evidence on the agricultural benefits of CO2 and the lesser warming it might cause. In short, they tell us CO2 isn't a big problem and costly climate policies aren't justified. Now, if you doubt the so-called mainstream science, then you probably already didn't support costly anti-energy policies. Now it turns out that if you do accept the mainstream science, you shouldn't support them because they're just not backed up by the facts. So that's the readout for this week. Thanks for watching. For more on all these topics, go to climatediscussionnexus.com, check out the YouTube videos, and be sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson.